everyone, this is Ben with Blue Ribbon Coalition. This is episode 18 of the Defend Your Ground podcast. I'm here with Simone, our policy director, and it's been a couple weeks. We took a little bit of a break during Christmas, and things have been firing up now. We've got new members of Congress back in D.C. We're seeing the administration kind of adjust based on the new political reality, and we have a lot of Things coming out of Washington, we'll have some big updates in the coming weeks on some things we're tracking. Um, One of the movements we saw kind of towards the end of the Congress during the lame duck session, we had Congresswoman Spear from Colorado introduced a national monument bill to designate the pretty much the entire Sierra National Forest as a national monument. And then we kind of saw a flurry of activity around national monument proposals in california so we want to talk about that today i have simone here she's the one who dug in and did the research on these to learn where they're going to be what kind of impacts they might cause and we want to keep focusing on these because this focus on national monuments is part of our effort to push back on the 30 by 30 initiative which is intended to really lock up a bunch of 30 percent of our land and water in the united states and monuments is one tool that they use to do it. There's definitely a lot of, appears to be a lot of risk that this tool might get used again. And so let's talk about these monuments, Simone. Well, tell us about what's going on in California. Yeah, so there are three new monument proposals that we've seen um, legislation proposed to get those passed, and they didn't get enough traction to actually get passed through Congress. And there's a proposal to expand a current national monument in California as well. And with all of these, a huge concern is that the national monuments are already, they're they're surrounding parks or wilderness areas. And so it's just a way to lock up more land and push this 30 by 30 agenda so we can just talk about each one um the first is the range of light national monument and this is the biggest one that's being proposed but essentially what they want to do is they want to connect two national parks so yosemite and king's canyon national parks um that's what this would do so i mean in my mind it almost looks like they're just trying to make one huge national park um by having the president designate it through the Antiquities Act. Uh, so that's that's what we're seeing with that one, um, so, over a million acres. I have a question about that. So, I mean, we know that when national monuments get designated, it's almost always a president abusing the Antiquities Act, where uh, it's our position that you do these national monuments that are massive. I mean, they should be keeping it to the smallest area compatible with the protection of a resource, And they're basically saying the whole landscape is an object and that just is not what the original intent of the Antiquities Act was. Um, But that is how they're typically done is a president just does it because it's something a president can do and they can check off a box and make their donors happy and their voters. And so, but they're obviously always controversial. There's always people that are hurt by these national monuments. And so even though there are some who people who are pretty happy when these get designated, there's just as many people, I think, that are hurt by them, and, and they do create controversy. Why did Congress, like, why did Congress introduce these as a bill if a president can just go do it? I mean, they want to show that there's support, and, and they might know that it can't get passed anyways, but if they introduce it, then it gets on the president's radar so that the president then will go and 
abused the Antiquities Act to designate it a monument. Yeah, that's probably right. That it's kind of a gives it some sort of legitimacy if it was introduced by Congress. And I mean, you and I know that in order for it to have congressional legitimacy, it actually has to pass, uh, become a law. And so, introducing a bill is just introducing a bill, and it's a step. If you're somebody who wants that, it's an important step. But let's not read into that more than what it is. It was still just a bill introduced in a lame duck session of Congress by a member of Congress who was retiring. And so there was really no intention, I don't think, to pass it, but it was an intention to try and, at the last minute, give it some legitimacy. And Have you seen that anybody else has taken up introducing legislation that would create this range of light national monument? Not that I'm seeing yet. There hasn't been any legislator that's proposing it thus far. And so that's why I think um, if it does get designated as a monument, it won't be through legislation. It'll be through the Antiquities Act. Okay. And so this turns basically the whole Sierra National Forest. It connects Yosemite to Sequoia, right? Or one of those nope. ones. That's Kings Canyon National Kings Park. Kings Canyon. Yeah. And so I've been up there. This is like if you've been to Shaver Lake or any of the trails up in that area, you know what we're talking about. And this is an awesome part of the Sierra Forest. It's all multiple use, all kinds of users up in that area. And a lot of, definitely a lot of the better off-road trails because it is multiple use. Um, It's an area that was also devastated by wildfire. Um, The Creek Fire burned in this area a few years ago and really destroyed a huge swath of this forest and in your experience Simone when you work on these national monuments let's say that I'm the forest service or I'm the land manager that still has to manage the the resources inside this monument is my job going to be easier to do like adaptive management active management vegetation treatments prescribed burns all these things that everybody's starting to come out saying this is what we need to do to manage our forests Is having this be a national monument going to make that easier or harder? So much more difficult. There'll be more red tape that these agencies have to go through in order to implement any type of improvement projects, including Um, vegetation projects. So those who support this monument, the ones who are really pushing it, um, it's like a Connect the Parks initiative. There's a quote I saw that this will help enhance recreation in the area like what do you believe happens to the recreation access in this area i mean if recreation is just hiking then yeah possibly but we know recreation is so much more than just going in on your own two feet and so for any type of motorized use it greatly restricts access yeah and i don't even argue those that go on their own two feet you get group size limitations you get all kinds of restrictions that come to any form of organized recreation, if you have any sort of commercialized event in an area like this, all of that's camping gets restricted, wood regulated. gathering, yeah, and and it's and that all is. Let's talk about the other ones. Um, yeah. So what do we have next? Feather so River. there's Feather River Canyons National Monument, um, north of Sacramento, west of Reno. You already have, so it's like the Plumas, am I saying that right? Plumas National Forest? Yeah. I've never been in this specific region, but you already have the Plumas Wilderness as well. Um, Tahoe National Forest is is near it too. I mean, there's already 
the whole area is a national forest. There's already restrictions. Um, and so it's just another huge land grab in this area to make it even more restrictive for access. Is this the only river in the area? Because I, I do want to at least point out one thing that the National Monument boosters are really good at is naming things like range of light, the Feather River. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should we talk about the third one? Yeah, what is the third one? So it's the Chuckwalla National Monument, and this okay. borders Joshua Tree. So again, another land grab that's right on the border and the edge of land that's already protected, that's already um, has re- very restrictive management, and they're just essentially wanting to expand those restrictions. So, Okay, so just this is a buffer zone around a national park that they're selling as a national monument. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And then we also talk... How big talk- is Chuckwalla? Um... Four hundred thousand. Okay, the other ones are like over a million, right? So range of light is over a million. Feather River Canyons is like almost nine hundred thousand. So yeah. And then you Uh, said they want to expand Berryessa Snow. Yeah, so that one's already like a four hundred thousand acre national monument. President Obama used the Antiquities Act, of course, it didn't go through Congress to designate that monument at the end of his term i believe was when he did it um and the expansion isn't huge it's only four thousand acres however my thoughts are we already bypassed congress once for a half a million acres almost why are we expanding it even more um and abusing the antiquities that much more so it's just this continuous expansion we're seeing in california we've already got these public lands these protections and they're just trying to push the boundaries more and more and more um, until we have restrictive management over all public lands and it's hard to access them. It's not just all public lands. Um, (laughs) I should tell you, I was in the airport and happened to see the National Geographic cover story was America the Beautiful. And this is National National Geographic talking about new ideas for protecting land, water, and wildlife. And on the cover is this Feature, you probably know what it's called. I don't remember. It's in Bears Ears. And I don't know what it's called. And, People uh, in San Juan County are going to disown me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're fired. Um, <laughs> but it looks like Angel's Landing. You're starting to see a lot of people here, which is what we see with these national monuments is, I bet this this feature on the cover used to get a few visitors a year, and now that it's part of the national monument, it'll just wait it'll become a reservation system and you'll have to get a ticket and everybody will want to come here i mean the national monuments actually cause more impact than they do create protections and so we should be grateful that the national geographic is popularizing this area on the cover of their magazine so that more people want to come here and visit it and create more impact that's just shows you that the it's it's not about protection (laughs) hypocritical um but there you go but this article was talking about that this act of conservation by setting aside large swaths of public land, I mean, they're kind of almost running out of that. Uh, I mean, there's still a lot of public land in the West, but uh, and, that, and I don't doubt the creativity of the environmental movement to turn the whole federal estate into a national monument. I don't know why they don't just do it all at once and be done with it. Why they have to have a thousand little ones that aren't little. There's still millions of acres. But in this National Geographic article, they have like a map of 
all the all the areas they actually want to protect. And this is going to show it backwards, but it's like the whole United States, and they have different colors for different values. Like they want to protect ecosystem diversity, clean drinking water, saving wildlife, trapping carbon, like all these things. They're like, who on earth would oppose that? So, do and the different colors mean? Does it say in there how they want to protect it? Like, if no, it's the yellow, that's no. Going to be it's just that these heaven. are these are areas that have they're a priority area that needs to be conserved somehow. And they don't and say how it needs to be conserved. No, they're not going that far. Because um, it's easy to tell people we want to preserve ecosystems. Because everyone's like, oh, yeah, we love ecosystems. That sounds great. Clean water, sure. I like clean water myself. Uh, saving wildlife, two thumbs up. I love wildlife. They don't tell you how they're going to go about doing that. And that's where... But the point is, is that they say 100% of the counties in the contiguous U.S. contain at least one of the four priority areas mapped below. So if you think they're just coming after Feather of Light National Monument or Range of Rivers or... <laughs> 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 no, Lola. they want that much more. <laughs> um, there's They have the whole continental United States mapped out and 100% of the county. So if you happen to live in a county in the United States, you're on the hit <laughs> list. For this. So they're coming after you. No matter who you and, who you are listening, they're coming after you. And only 8% are already currently protected. And so, and only 13% are officially protected. I don't know what currently protected and officially protected mean. Yeah, but what's the difference? There's a difference. And, but we already know that they want to do 30 by 30. This is the initiative we talk a lot about. If you go to our website at sharetrails.org, we have a pop-up box that asks you to sign up for our Fight for Every Inch campaign. This is where we educate you about all the different bills and initiatives that are being proposed and enacted to try to implement the 30 by 30 agenda, which is basically to take this map of the United States, which has every county colored in with some sort of reason they want to protect the county. And protection always means regulation restriction prevention of you being able to do what you can or should or have done on land um, it's probably not going to be great for the food supply that we're taking all this land out of productive use uh, and it's like a natural resource base is always a country a nation's economy's base of wealth and I think anybody listening to this of our members probably supports conservation or we usually call it preservation we so we actually believe in having a functional nice clean environment but i don't think that's where this group wants to stop i think there's based on what we're seeing on the ground with national monument proposals and the plans they come up with is there's only there's a preferred group of people that they'll allow to access these lands a very limited number um, there will be certain areas that big groups will be able to access that we call concentration recreation or concentration camping. And you actually have to access it through a reservation. So reservations, concentration camping. Fees, I mean, you're having to pay to your use your public lands more and more, higher and higher yeah. fees, lottery systems. And so they're wanting to create artificial scarcity to make it so that it becomes more and more difficult for the public to access these areas. And so if you're someone who actually enjoys open, free recreation on public land, you probably shouldn't be supporting something like a National Monument designation. That doesn't mean you hate the environment if you don't support it, because 
there's going to be 15 other acts of law that are protecting you have the Endangered Species Act, you have the Clean Water Act, you have the Clean Air Act, you have FLIPMA, you have NEPA, you have the Archaeological Resources Protection Act. There's yeah, dozens. just because it's not a national monument doesn't mean it's not being protected by several laws. And so you don't have to be supportive of a national monument. To, and in some cases, we see the national monument actually invites more impact and destruction because it takes places that were protected by obscurity and turns them into high trash traffic. sites. That's what I yeah. see out my out my front door. Recreation. And so it's a. And so we just want to educate people about this with these bills in California, Simone. We you did an action alert. Yeah, and the action alert. If you if you sent the action alert, we always encourage you to put in your own thoughts and opinions, and um, and you can make it your own and edit it. Um, but you can also send it in as is, and it will actually be sent to your. It'll populate who your representatives are. Um, who your senators are, and it's going to send it to your representatives um, regarding all of these monuments. So especially with the expansion, the Berryessa uh, expansion, you may think, oh, it's only 4,000 acres, but that's the whole point of our Fight for Every Inch campaign. Um, If we're going to combat 30 by 30, then we truly have to fight for every inch. So even those 4,000 acres, we're going to oppose them. because it's little by little, these environmental groups are going to lock up 30% of lands and water. So it's little by little that we have to fight for them. So use the action alert and send in a comment to your representatives to oppose these national monuments in California. And I'm sure there will be more in other states. And so in addition to adding your comment, we hope you become a member of BRC and support what we're doing in our effort to fight for every inch so with that said we'll be back soon we're going to get back on track to doing these every week because there's this is just one major issue is these national monument proposals we've got two or three big issues coming down the pike that we're already aware of and they keep coming out every week with more and we're committed to keeping you informed and educated about them and look forward to discussing more on the next show 